0: Section 10D Developmental Counseling Airman Development Airman leadership development is one of the most important responsibilities of every Air Force leader. Developing future leaders should be one of the highest priorities of a leader. The future of the Air Force rests on the shoulders of those prepared for greater responsibility. Purpose Developmental counseling is a shared effort. Leaders assist airmen in identifying strengths and weaknesses and creating plans of action. Leaders then support them throughout the plan implementation and assessment. However, to achieve success, airmen must be forthright in their commitment to improve and candid in their own assessment and goal setting. Leader Responsibilities Leaders coach airmen the same way athletic coaches improve their teams. By identifying weaknesses, setting goals, developing and implementing plans of action, and providing oversight and motivation throughout the process. Effective coaches or leaders must thoroughly understand the strengths, weaknesses, and professional goals of their airmen. Air Force leaders conduct counseling to help airmen become better members of the team, maintain or improve performance, and prepare for the future. To conduct effective counseling, leaders should develop a counseling style using the characteristics listed in Figure 10.2. This approach is very similar to the art of leadership coaching. Coaching is a growing field in the Air Force. The Air Force Academy can provide more information about coaching as they have a new Mosaic coaching program. An overview of this program is available at http colon backslash www.usafa.edu. The Leader as a Counselor Air Force leaders must demonstrate certain qualities to be effective counselors. These qualities include respect for airmen, self-awareness, cultural awareness, empathy, And credibility. Respect for airmen. Allowing airmen to take responsibility for their own ideas and actions is a show of respect and helps create mutual respect in the leader-subordinate relationship. Mutual respect improves the chances of changing or maintaining behavior and achieving goals. Self-awareness. Leaders must be fully aware of their own values, needs, and biases before counseling airmen. Self-aware leaders are less likely to project their biases into airmen. Also, aware leaders are more likely to act consistently with their own values and actions. Cultural awareness. Leaders need to be aware of the similarities and differences between individuals of different cultural backgrounds and how these factors may influence values, perspectives, and actions. Unfamiliarity with cultural backgrounds may hinder leaders in addressing cultural issues. Especially if they generate concerns within the organization or hinder team building. Cultural awareness enhances a leader's ability to display empathy. Empathy is to be understanding of and sensitive to another person's feelings, thoughts, and experiences to the point that you can almost feel or experience them yourself. Leaders with empathy can put themselves in their airmen's shoes and see a situation from the other person's perspective. Understanding the airman's position can help the airman develop a plan of action that fits his or her personality and needs, one that works for the airman. Not fully comprehending a situation from the airman's point of view gives a leader less credibility and influence. As a result, the airman is less likely to commit to the agreed-upon plan of action. Credibility Leaders achieve credibility by being honest and consistent in their statements and actions. Using a straightforward style and behaving in a manner that airmen respect and trust makes a leader credible. Leaders can earn credibility by repeatedly demonstrating a willingness to assist and being consistent in what they say and do. To influence airmen without credibility is difficult. Leader Counseling Skills Leaders should seek to develop and improve their own counseling abilities. The techniques needed to provide effective counseling vary from person to person and session to session. However, general skills needed in almost every situation include active listening, responding, and questioning. Active Listening During counseling, leaders must actively listen. By actively listening, leaders communicate verbally and nonverbally that they have received the message. To learn more about active listening, refer to Chapter 14 Communicating in Today's Air Force. Responding. A leader responds both verbally and nonverbally to communicate understanding and to clarify and confirm what has been said. Verbal responses consist of summarizing, interpreting, and clarifying the message. Nonverbal responses include eye contact and occasional gestures such as a head nod. Questioning Although questioning is a necessary skill, use this skill with caution. Too many questions can aggravate the power differential between a leader and an airman and place the airman in a passive mode. The airman may also react to excessive questioning as an intrusion of privacy and become defensive. During a leadership development review, ask questions to obtain information or to get the airman to think about a particular situation. Generally, questions should be open-ended to evoke more than a yes or no answer. Well-posed questions may help to verify understanding, encourage further explanation, or help the airman move through the stages of the counseling session types of developmental counseling. Developmental counseling can be categorized based on the topic of the session. Event-oriented counseling and performance and professional growth counseling are the two major categories of counseling. Event-oriented counseling. Event-oriented counseling involves a specific event or situation and may precede events such as applying for a special duty assignment or attending a school. This type of counseling may follow events such as a noteworthy duty performance, a problem with performance or mission accomplishment, or a personal problem. Event-oriented counseling includes, but is not limited to, counseling for specific instances. Sometimes counseling is connected to specific instances of superior or substandard duty performance or behavior. Leaders must tell airmen whether or not their performance met the standard and what they did right or wrong e.g., performance feedback counseling. The key to successful counseling for specific performance is to conduct the counseling as close to the event as possible. Leaders should counsel airmen for specific examples of superior as well as substandard duty performance. Crisis Counseling Leaders may conduct crisis counseling to get an airman through the initial shock after receiving negative news, such as notification of the death of a loved one, listening and, as appropriate, Providing assistance may greatly assist the airman dealing with a crisis. Referral Counseling Referral counseling helps airmen work through a personal situation and may or may not follow crisis counseling. Referral counseling may also act as preventative counseling before the situation becomes a problem. Usually the leader assists the airman in identifying the problem and refers the subordinate to the appropriate resource, such as legal services, a chaplain, Or an alcohol and drug counselor. Performance and professional growth counseling. During performance and professional growth counseling, conduct a review of an airman's duty performance during a certain period and set standards for the next period. Rather than dwelling on the past, focus the session on the airman's strengths, areas needing improvement, and potential. Approaches to counseling. An effective leader approaches each airman as an individual. Different people in different situations require different counseling approaches. Three approaches to counseling include non-directive, directive, directive, and combined. These approaches differ in the techniques used, but they all fit the definition of counseling and contribute to the overall purpose. The major differences between the approaches is the degree to which the airman participates and interacts during the counseling session. Figure 10.3 summarizes the advantages and disadvantages of each approach. Non-directive. The non-directive approach is preferred for most counseling sessions. During this counseling session, listen rather than make decisions or give advice. Clarify what is said. Cause the airman to bring out important points to better understand the situation. When appropriate, summarize the discussion. Avoid providing solutions or rendering opinions. Instead, maintain a focus on individual and organizational goals and objectives. Ensure the airman's plan of action supports those goals and objectives. Directive The directive approach works best to correct simple problems, make on-the-spot corrections, and correct aspects of duty performance. The leader using the directive style does most of the talking and tells the airman what and when of doing something. In contrast to the non-directive approach, the leader directs a course of action for the airman. Choose this approach when time is short, when you alone know what to do, or if an airman has limited problem-solving skills. Finally, directive is appropriate when an airman is immature, insecure, or needs guidance. Combined. In the combined approach, the leader uses techniques from both the directive and non-directive approaches, adjusting them to articulate what is best for the airman. The combined approach emphasizes the airman's planning and decision-making responsibilities. With your assistance, the airman develops a plan of action. Listen, suggest possible courses, and help analyze each possible solution to determine the good and bad points. Then, help the airmen fully understand all aspects of the situation and encourage the airmen to decide which solution is best. The counseling process. The four stages of the counseling process are identify the need for counseling, prepare for counseling, conduct the counseling session, and follow up. Identify the need for counseling. Conduct developmental counseling whenever the need arises for focused, two-way communication aimed at airmen development. Developing airmen consists of observing their performance, comparing performance to the standard, and then providing them feedback in the form of counseling. Prepare for counseling. Successful counseling requires preparation. To prepare for counseling, select a suitable place. When scheduling counseling, consider an environment with minimal interruptions and free from distractions. Schedule the time. When possible, counsel an airman during the duty day. Counseling after duty hours may be rushed or perceived as unfavorable. The length of time required for counseling depends on the complexity of the issue. Generally, a counseling session should last less than one hour. If you need more time, schedule a second session. Notify the airman well in advance. The airman should know why where and when the counseling session will take place. Counseling following a specific event should happen as close to the event as possible. Organize the pertinent information. Solid preparation is essential to effective counseling. Review all pertinent information, including the purpose of the counseling, facts and observations about the airman, identification of possible problems, main points of discussion, and the development of a plan of action. Focus on specific and objective behaviors the airman must maintain or approve upon, as well as a plan of action with clear, obtainable goals. Plan the counseling approach. There are as many approaches to counseling as there are leaders. The directive, non-directive, and combined approaches to counseling were addressed earlier. Use a strategy that suits the airman and the situation. Establish the right atmosphere. The right atmosphere promotes two-way communication between a leader and airman. To establish a relaxed atmosphere, Offer the airman a seat or something to drink. Sit in a chair facing the airman rather than behind a desk, because a desk can be perceived as a barrier. Some situations, however, make an informal atmosphere inappropriate. For example, a more formal atmosphere is normally used to give specific guidance and reinforces the leader's rank, position, and authority. Conduct the counseling session. Be flexible when conducting a counseling session. Often, counseling for a specific incident occurs spontaneously as leaders encounter airmen in their daily activities. Good leaders take advantage of naturally occurring events to provide airmen with feedback. Even when you have not prepared for formal counseling, you should follow the four basic components of the counseling session. Open the counseling session. The best way to open a counseling session is to clearly state the purpose. Establish the preferred setting early in the session by inviting the airmen to speak. Discuss the issues. Attempt to develop a mutual understanding of the issues with the airmen. This is best developed by letting the airmen do most of the talking. Use active listening. Respond in question without dominating the conversation. Aim to help the airmen better understand the subject of the counseling, such as duty performance, a problem situation, and the impact or potential areas for growth. Both you and the airman should provide examples or cite specific observations to reduce the perception that is unnecessarily biased or judgmental. However, when the issue is substandard performance, make it clear how the performance did not meet the standard and then develop a plan of action. Develop a plan of action. A plan of action identifies a method for achieving a desired result and specifies what the airman must do to reach the goals set during the counseling session. The plan of action must be specific. The plan of action should show the airman how to modify or maintain his or her behavior. Record and close the session. Documentation serves as a reference to the agreed-upon plan of action and the airman's accomplishments, improvements, personal preferences, or problems. To close the session, summarize key points and ask if the airman understands the plan of action. Invite the airman to review the plan of action and what you, as the leader, expect from him or her. With the airman, establish any follow-up measures necessary to support the successful implementation of the plan of action. These may include providing the airman with resources and time, periodically assessing the plan, and following through on referrals. Schedule any future meetings, at least tentatively, before dismissing the airman. Follow-up The counseling process does not end with the counseling session. Follow-up Continues through implementation of the plan of action and evaluation of results. After counseling, support the airman as he or she implements the plan of action. Support may include teaching, coaching, or providing time and resources. Observe and assess this process and possibly modify the plan to meet goals. Appropriate measures after counseling include follow-up counseling, making referrals, informing the chain of command, and taking corrective measures. Leveraging Diversity Our work environment today is more diverse than ever. The Air Force team is comprised of military civilians and contractors. Leaders can find themselves dealing with a workforce ranging from 18-year-olds to those with 18 or more years of experience. The challenge is to incorporate everyone's specific talents into a cohesive and optimal workforce. We must recognize that people are vital to an organization's success. Consequently, we need to understand the motivations and interests of this diverse workforce. People are motivated for their reasons, not yours. What sparks interest and passion in one person does not necessarily ignite the next person. Effective leaders take time to recognize what excites others, leverages their talent to the organization, and cultivate a work culture that recognizes and appreciates differing perspectives and approaches to solving problems. Consider this. The Air Force attracts people from every aspect of society, culture, and social status. When, where, and how someone was raised impacts their value system. None of these variables are under a supervisor's direct control. Supervisors cannot change someone's inherent characteristics, but they can change how to lead these people as a cohesive team. Foremost, leaders must create a hospitable climate that promotes respect and inclusion. This will reduce dysfunctional tension and increase team productivity. Specifically, how can this be achieved? The first step in leading a diverse organization is to form common ground or shared set of assumptions, which will form the framework within to communicate. The common ground is the organization itself, the vision, goals, rules, regulations, processes, and procedures that govern what the unit does to achieve mission requirements. Clear guidelines improve communication, reduce confusion, provide purpose, and define desired outcomes. A team must have a clear sense of direction or else there will be mass confusion with everyone going in different directions. Having established common ground, we must increase awareness and expel stereotypes. Examples include younger employees are wet behind the ears, know nothing, have no respect or loyalty, lack experience, have no credibility, and cannot be trusted with much responsibility. At the other end of the social spectrum, older employees are considered less motivated to work hard, are nothing but dead wood. Resistant to change, cannot learn new methods or technology, plateau at 40, should be fired after 50, and are fireproof. Stereotypes ignore differences among the individuals in a group. The workplace has no room for such stereotypes. Instead, leaders must acknowledge the richness and benefits of diversity. People are different. There is no way to make them fit into a single mold, nor is there any reason to. We do not live in a world of carbon-copied people. To effectively manage a diverse workforce, we must acknowledge differences. However, we should focus more on what we have in common. Use everyone's experiences and background as a resource. Diversity of experience and background ensures diverse ways of looking at problems. Managing our workforce diversity can result in higher productivity, improved performance, more creativity, more innovations, and reduced stress. Giving emphasis to diversity without threatening our unity is the proper way to strengthen the ties that bind the team together. Sensitivity, mutual respect, and common trust coupled with communication are the prime ingredients to integrating our airmen. Former Chief of Staff U.S. Air Force General John P. Jumper stated, Air Force diversity is a critical warfighting and readiness issue. Maximizing the benefits of diversity is a mission imperative. We expect Air Force leaders to challenge any policy, practice, or process that limits the growth and development of potential leaders from all groups. Industry studies have consistently revealed that heterogeneous or diverse groups are more innovative than homogeneous groups because they view improvement opportunities from multiple perspectives. Managing diversity is determining which differences matter in enriching a product or service. Productivity is an outcome of respect and inclusion. Former Chief of Staff U.S. Air Force General Ronald Vogelman said, People are the assets that determine our success or failure. If you are to be a good leader, you have to cultivate your skills in the arena of personal relations. The skilled leader deals effectively with all races, nationalities, cultures, disabilities, ages, and gender.